Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. It's a pretty big game being played tomorrow, the rumor has it. We'll break it all down for you coming up here in our limited football party, only an hour tonight. Looking back to the conference title games last week and looking forward to the big game, the Super Duper Bowl 55, tomorrow in the evening. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, February the 6th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Uh, I can hear the excitement in your voice, uh, the little bit of conversation that we had, um, and I already know what your feelings are about this uh, game coming up tomorrow. Uh, not very excited, are we, for, for Buccaneers and Chiefs? Uh, no, I'm not. But maybe it's – is it Brady fatigue? I, I don't know. I, I – I just find myself not all that all that excited uh, for this Super Bowl. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Uh, you could look on the other side and, and look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's trying to do uh, very early on in his career. I, I think that's pretty exciting. Yes, that's that. But that's that's the half of it that's exciting. So this is you know if I I haven't wanted a roll up Super Bowl in a while. I hope this is a roll up Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I really uh, do. I, I, I don't think that the Chiefs' defense is going to allow this to be a roll-up Super Bowl, but um, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling this one's gonna this this one feels like it could be a lot of fireworks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like the Mahomes angle because you know I do think that he's the he's clearly the the best. I think he's probably the best player in the league, and uh, you know they, he he sleepwalked his way through the whole season to get to this Super Bowl. It, they they never even really ever had to, to to put it into that second gear or flip the switch. Uh, they didn't really have you know, even their playoff games. You know they they they, they played all right against Buffalo. You know but they, they were they were better than the Bills. Uh, they were clearly better than Cleveland. So we we still haven't really seen the, this this Chiefs team in in a test. You know, it's like it's you got a team that's you know what fourteen and two, and they get all the way to the Super Bowl, and you still like have we really watched the best Chiefs football this year? And I I don't think the answer is yes. Well, that was what was so fascinating about that first playoff game against uh, the the uh, against the Browns rather, um, that I was like breathlessly anticipating and, and seeing how are they going to come out? They haven't covered a spread since before the election. They haven't right. looked very impressive, and they're about the least impressive 14 and two team you've ever seen. And how are they going to come out? Are they going to just open up the, you know, roll out the balls in the gym and start shooting around, you know, from every angle and just playing sweet Georgia Brown. And, and are they the Harlem Globetrotters? Can they just do it whenever they want? And the answer appeared to be, yeah, they look like they were uh, yeah, on their up, way up to, to the, rolling up the Browns until. Up until, Mahomes the point when Mahomes, yeah, up until the point that Mahomes got hurt. Cause I believe it was 19 to three at that point. Does that sound about right? It sounds about right. And uh, I mean, without looking, I don't have the tape, 
Um, but I want to say that, yeah, that, that game was, they had it fairly in hand. And then once they had to go to the bench, they, they just clung to that for dear life. And then they, and then they did a, an excellent job um, in dismantling the Bills defense. Well, the Bills did the one thing you don't want to do, which is go up early on them. Get up big, know, yeah, don't get a big early. They had them right where they wanted them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then we, we were both, uh, even though I had to to scramble and flip my pick on that game, which, you know, it was, was it dirty and cheap? Yeah, but who cares? I mean, it's like, <laughs> what else do I have to lose in, in our in our fake in our, in our our fake contest where we play for nothing? Yes. Um, right? <laughs> I mean, so at that point, I'm like, well, who cares if I, you know, pull this one out of my ass? It makes you pick the Super Bowl then, but it ended up not working out that way because we both fairly agreed when we actually made the pick live and real and you know that was the one we agreed on and we both agreed that uh you know buffalo was a nice story but you know this was this was the foreseeable end of their run and they had a great season and there's no shame for buffalo but they were the year away team you know going up against the champs and then the champs look like the champs exactly they uh really did put the clamps on once uh but the, once the Bills took the two possession lead, the Chiefs sort of turned the ignition and, and ran them down from that point forward. Um, and it was nice to see that they really made sure to keep uh, Miko Hardman involved after uh, he muffed a punt, which gave the Bills that touchdown to make it nine nothing. Um, so they went right back to him. They threw to him. They ran him on a reverse. They made sure they knew that uh, that they had his back. They kept him involved. See, that's what's so frightening about the Chiefs. You know they about Tyreek Hill. They can work on stuff. They can literally <laughs> work on stuff. Like it's spring training. You know about Cheetah. You know about uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah. It's all the other guys around them that you don't really even think about. And then they burn your ass. And you're like, well, hell, what you know? What are we supposed to do? So that, that was, was what was so impressive about the Chiefs last week. Yeah, they, they really did look like they were kind of practicing for the Super Bowl, basically, instead of playing for the conference title. Right. And, and, you know, and Buffalo was a nice, again, it was a nice story, you know, but the Buffalo defense, which it played great against Baltimore. They, they really did. Um, but we, we, as we said, when we made the pick, it, that, this Balt, that Baltimore offense against this Chiefs, a different animal. That ain't Baltimore out there. <laughs> no, That ain't the Ravens out there. No, sir. Right. So the Chiefs, I believe are, you know, the, exactly where they should be and shame on us for not picking them <laughs> before they, well, but how you do know? you know no i know i mean you know I, they're I, gonna have that ability to turn it on how do you know that they're the next chicago bulls or the next harlem globetrotter yeah. which is why this is what makes the game tomorrow so compelling to me is if they do this again against shaq barrett and and devin white yeah. and levante david and JPP in the Buccaneers defense, which is marauding through people, uh, then you got to give it up. You can't say it's a fluke. You can't say anything about you, you completely forget about the fact that they haven't covered a spread in, in however many weeks before last week. All of that right. goes away. The the uh, nonchalant play, the uninspiring play, uh, looking like the NBA team uh, in, in the springtime just waiting for the playoffs, all of that goes away if they can put it together and do – what it looks like they have a good chance of doing what they've already done once to Tampa Bay down in their house earlier this season uh, and, and put the spanking on them. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. If they do it again, all you can do is give it up and say, yeah, they're they're just as badass and legit as they said they are. Right, and let's not forget the effort that they had last year in the Super Bowl against what I still would say is a better defense. That Niners defense last year was legit. That was that – was, and that was a team that held down the Chiefs for three and a half quarters or 56 minutes, you know, and, and, and had a lead in that game late. And they still won that game by 11. Don't go up early on them. You, you don't want so, to do it. Yeah, and you, you you looked like that whole game. You thought that the that the Niners had the perfect game plan in that Super Bowl, and you know I was impressed by the Niners. I had them, and and then that whole that whole thing literally just fell apart. That that is that is what the Chiefs can do to you that I don't think any other team in the league has the capability of. Is they really can go on and it's like an NBA level run. Like it, you you hear about you know. You know, you think about teams in the NBA, and it's like, oh yeah, they, this team that kind of muddles along, and then they come out in the third quarter, and they just always seem to go out like this twenty-two to five run. You know, that's the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs can literally go on seventeen nothing runs, and they can do it in about three minutes of game time. They're the Golden State Chiefs. Yeah, it's 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 really amazing. So that's where Tampa is. If they're going to win this game, they're going to have to limit that the big run that the Chiefs seem to go on every game. They have more team speed on offense than any team in the league. They had it last year. They have it this year. Yeah. They're going to have it next year. That's just – that's their biggest uh, strength, and it, it's, it feels like they reserve it. It feels like they don't want to burn out that speed and, and risk it getting either getting hurt or getting uh, burnt out, uh, ground down, popped by some uh, defense that catches up to them. It's almost like they keep it – reserve like they hold back and then they okay well we're now we're trailing now we gotta we have to let it go okay cheetah go for 50 yards downfield effortlessly okay kelsey go for in the, in between the uh you know in between the, the hash marks up and down the field nobody can stop you no linebacker can cover you it's just a, a complete mismatch every time okay miko hardman on a reverse flying down the sideline nobody can touch him is they could do that every game and they could cover every spread, but it almost feels like Andy Reid doesn't want to, like he wants to sort of make sure that they have enough in the tank for when it really counts, uh, which should kind of frighten the the Buccaneers tomorrow because they might come out and just run all over them. Yeah. And you end up with that feeling that they do save things, you know, that they, that they will play vanilla because they know they're good enough to beat you vanilla. And then they'll, they'll leave something in the tank for when they really need it. And then that's when Andy Reid and your, you, you call it the weird geometry uh, all-star mm-hmm. coming into play. And, and yeah, you don't, if you, you know that he's going to have something dialed up for Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't believe that they hold back a little bit, just watch that regular season game against the Ravens that Monday night or where they brought out so many plays that you've never seen before. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, they want to win this one. They clearly want this one so they can have home field and, and make sure everybody's coming through there. And, I don't think they've played a game that creative since then. Not even this one uh, against the uh, against the Bills to win the conference title because that one was more. Let's just bludgeon you with, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey over yeah. and over again, and you can't stop it. So we're not going to do anything different. They didn't have to. You are exactly correct. I'm looking at the box score for that game, and yeah, that was just the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show. And we know, you know, that the Chiefs are more than that. Absolutely. It's like I said, those little ones in between that you don't recognize. 
they didn't need to be more than that because they were just put they were putting a sunning on the bills just being vanilla. I believe I had that son. Like y'all not yeah. ready yet. Our guys are just better and faster than your guys. We don't even have to be creative. No, we'll stop it when you stop us, and, and Buffalo never did. No, and, and Buffalo tried. They, we give them credit. I mean, they were they showed up. They were present. Um, but you yeah, know, with, 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 with Josh Allen, when Josh Allen's your your leading rusher, um, right? That, you know that, that you know you could even see even at nine nothing like uh, okay. <laughs> And you saw the pressure start to clamp down on him as the game went on, and the, yeah. and the Chiefs' lead grew, and he started really pressing more and more and more. And, and that's that's going to happen. That's just you know, to, to ask someone that young and inexperienced to hang in there while the Chiefs are doing their Harlem Globetrotter thing, uh, who would? You know, don't don't blame yeah, no, it really does, for that. Who, yeah, you know, who could? It really stand does in take a. It does take another level to to just hang with the assault that the Chiefs can put on you. So, you know, and maybe and, and Brady and the Bucks, they may be up for that. That's it. That's what's scary. Is, is, that's Tommy. That's the goal. We can, we can make fun of them, but there's no doubt anyone can hang in there and and weather that, and, and the, it will be the man that came back from 28-3. Sorry, I got to bring that up again. But he can clearly weather any storm and, and watch Mahomes do whatever he can do and, and, and bring him back. He brought him back really in that regular season game, which was 17 to nothing after the, the, the crazy Tyree Hill first quarter where he's setting all kinds of records and everything. Um, and Tommy brought him back in that game to uh, make it a, a push. I believe uh, the Chiefs were three-point favorites in that one as well. Yeah. Um, now that was, of course, you know, a lot of Dak time. Obviously, with when the score that, was, that lopsided that early. Yes, that was crazy Dak time. But the fact is, he he did it a, lot, a whole lot of quarterbacks wouldn't have. So that's what makes it uh, compelling for me tomorrow. Like I, I don't know, I don't know. I I got a pick obviously, and I got a idea of how it's going to go, but. I'm not, you know, very confident in it at all. There's so many uh, betting apps now in, uh, here in Tennessee. Uh, I could very, very easily open up an account and, and start my bankroll tomorrow if I wanted to, and I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to wait till I see something a little more uh, confidence because I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, no, I, I think it's, it's always unknown. I, I still think, I mean, I, I still trust the Kansas City Chiefs. I think more than I trust Tampa. Um, you know, you, you you saw. I mean, we've seen so far in the, you know, in the three playoff games that Tampa has had. Um, I, it's, I still haven't seen the offense out of them that makes me go, yeah, they, these guys are gonna in those three games that these guys are gonna beat the Chiefs. I saw a uh, Tom. I saw Tom Brady go three straight drives throwing a pick. In that NFC yeah. Championship game, I saw a team down ten uh, or down seven in the th- you know down midway through the third quarter against the Saints, and a team that survived Washington. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't exactly seen you know I haven't seen anything that makes me think that uh, the Tampa is just you know the world beaters. No, but the fact that they've survived and, and come through those games where. Um, I don't know of anyone who had Tampa going all the way through the NFC. If, if you had them even getting to the conference title game, then you just assumed that Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers was going to put them away. I, like I said, I picked Tampa with the points in that game, but I really, did not, yeah. I really did not imagine 
Green Bay was going to let them win that game straight up, and and they did. And, and Tampa and that, took that, it from them. And, and yes, it, well, you said the key word. Green Bay let them win. That that did <laughs> not feel. Uh, that was a weird game to watch. That that was that was the tough one because not only because we disagreed on it, but just because you did not feel like I didn't feel like the better team won the game at all. Yeah, you've been yeah, holding back this uh, this take about that game, or, or some takes, several takes about that Green Bay Tampa Bay Conference title game. So, so let her rip. Well, you know, you've got that that base that game basically boiled down to that two possession stretch, which was the the touchdown given up right before halftime, and then the Packers' first drive of the second quarter where they, uh, you know, injured Aaron Jones tackling. You know, he gets injured while he and fumbles right, you know, and it's deep in their territory or about the thirty yard line, and that was two uh, touchdowns. That was it. That's the game. There's there's your game. Those two possessions. Um, I you know, other than that. I mean, what I, I couldn't understand uh, Green Bay's defensive scheme in that game at all. They got their defensive coach fired, which he deserved to be yeah. after what they did in that game. I mean, I think that they at one at one point Kansas City was what, twelve out of thirteen on third downs in that game. It didn't matter what down and distance they were. It was third and two, third and eight, third and fourteen. Green Bay was just giving up all these third down conversions, and these weren't like like difficult third down conversions. <laughs> these were, these were guys who were like open. Like they were, there was, I don't know what their game plan was for that game. I don't know what the offensive game plan was, you know, even though uh, that every time you'd kind of get a glimpse that the Packers were, were catching, getting hot with something or, you know, getting a little wind behind their sails and they'd go to something else. I think honestly, I just like Matt LaFleur, just got the tight sphincter in that game and got out coached. No doubt. Um, and this is why I, I love us doing uh, football like we have since uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade and, and watching together, growing up together. We developed ways of watching the games that are, some of them are our kumbaya and some of them are not. And we can watch the same game and come up with different perspectives, which is great. I, I think if we had the same pers- perspective all the time, the show would be even more boring than it probably already is. But uh, <laughs> no, if so people want Kat, that, just listen to one of our baseball shows. <laughs> I got a surprise pick for you, the Seattle Mariners. That's mine too. Um, no, Cavs or will we have football? three out of the same four X factors? <laughs> Oh my Never God. will happen That's, again. Never yeah, will happen seriously. again. Seriously, that that was insane. Um, but Cass from Football Fan Rush Radio is tweeting with us during that Green Bay Tampa Bay game, uh-huh. and she's asking, "What's the deal? What's you know what's going on with the Packers? What what's uh, you know what what's their big shortcoming?" And we both respond back to her, and we have totally different takes. And you're talking about the defense and the schemes and wondering what the hell they're running. And yeah, I'm that, talking the about the third down defense, the third down defense it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the blocking and they're not protecting Aaron Rodgers, And he's, yeah. there's no way he's going to have time to do anything if they're going to have crappy protection like that. And we're both completely right. There's no way that anyone could look at that game and say that either one of us were wrong on that. They're the green Bay Packers lost that game, both because they're, Defense, specifically the third down defense, was uh, a, a mystery. And, and like you said, got uh, Mike Pettin fired because it was so bad. And also yeah. because any comeback that Aaron Rodgers was trying to mount was uh, shut down because Shaq Barrett kept sitting on his head and, Jay- and Jason Pierre-Paul as well. I, Both you know, and the things problem, were 
I alluded to it a little bit in the last show, but there was a point when the Packers got the first pick from Brady, which was the only one they converted into a touchdown. They went on a very impressive drive, and it was a a carbon copy of their game plan against the Rams, right? They started negating the rush, just running straight up the middle into the teeth of that defense with, with A.J. Dillon, and they they sort of softened that up a few times. Then they started kept then they then they threw a swing pass out to Dylan. And now it's like, okay, now you could see that the Tampa Bay was starting to back off a little bit. Then they kept hammering the run. Then the next two drives, they went away from Dylan and they started putting Rogers in these obvious drop back passing situations again. And it was just like you it was like you guys like you like we talked about it with Utah uh, when we did the Tampa, uh, not the Tampa, the Tennessee game, right? When Tennessee lost. And you talked about how you saw that moment, right? Where it looked like, oh, wait, Derrick Henry's about to, like, he's ready. Yep. And they didn't quite seize the moment. I'm watching that touchdown drive that the Packers are having, and, like, they figured it out. They finally, like, you know, they tinkered in with it, and they tinkered with it, and they finally found out what the right combo was. It was, you know, Dylan the battering ram just just punishing that Tampa Bay D-line, and then they were starting to get some push and some movement. And I don't know if you saw it the same way, but then those next two drives and all the, the all the drives thereafter, they, they stopped doing it. Yeah, I had to go back in my notes when you were bringing it up uh, before to to see exactly where those moments took place. So yeah, I, I did I did see it. It was uh, third quarter. Uh, Tampa was up eleven at that point, and yeah, uh, the interception you were talking about is Brady took a, a shot for Mike Evans that was inaccurate, and and it was double covered. On top of that, and Adrian Amos picked it off. Um, so I was like, good way to let Packers back in it. That, that's a good job by, by Brady to, to let Green Bay back in the game. So on that next drive, they had uh, Dylan uh, have a run. They had a throw out, out to him in a flat. He made a move yep. and, and got some good yardage. Uh, the next run, he gave Andrew Adams a pony ride and just carried him down. And it's like, uh-oh, here goes Dylan. Right. Tampa games up on Dylan at some point, and that like shut off all the confidence apparently that Matt LaFleur had in him. Cause he did go away from him from that point. They did get the touchdown yeah. on that drive, but yeah, you're right. After that um, it was Rogers play action, uh, getting balls tipped. And then third down Shaq Barrett comes and sits on his head. Uh, next drive, uh, another interception, a dumb YOLO ball by, by Brady, uh, 10 yards short picked off by Jair Alexander and Shaq Barrett immediately responds by uh, sitting on Aaron Rodgers' head again. Um, it was, it was crazy the way that that's why I said the biggest thing for the Packers was the protection because uh, whether it's Dylan or Aaron Jones or, you know, Jamal Williams, whoever yeah. they wanted to get going in the run game, uh, it's eventually you got to pass again. And every time it felt like Aaron Rodgers had to pass, he got his, he got his head sit on. By, by the Tampa Bay defense. There's just nothing they could get going. And they couldn't get in a rhythm. They got in a rhythm a couple times, and they got a couple touchdowns. But as far as completing the comeback, which I really thought they were going to, uh, they just could not get anything sustained. And then it comes down to that very last drive where they decide to go for the field goal. And it's like, oh, my God, they're right there at the eight-yard line. So uh, – yeah. yeah, strategically, strategically to me, kicking the field goal makes no sense because let's say 
I mean, you know, what are you down at that point? What are they down? Eight? Yes. 3123. Right. So you're down eight. You've still got a play. (laughs) You've still got a play. (laughs) You're at the eight yard line. With your with your MVP or you know supposedly the MVP, you took the ball out of your MVP's hands. He never got mm-hmm. the ball back. Of course not. And everyone knew he wouldn't get the ball back. And, and, right. Even though the Packers defense, you know, should they have held? Yeah. I mean, there was that. There was the the pull on the jersey. I was the ball ten yards over the guy's head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but either way, it was a clear jersey pull uh, and a bailout play in a, in a panic play by Kevin King, who'd been getting toasted all game. If you did not know the ball was going to whoever Kevin King was, was covering on that play, uh, you, you weren't watching that game. But, he had a bad game. <laughs> uh, that was his last game, I believe, as a Packer. <laughs> um, so was Aaron Jones. Either one of those guys are going out in style. Um, but to take the ball out of his hands and kick the field goal, the total, a total give up chump move by Matt LaFleur. I can understand that team being pissed. I can understand Rodgers being pissed. Um, I, I didn't get it because what's the worst? What's What What happens there? You don't get it. You, you still got all your timeouts. You, you can still do the same thing that you did after you kicked the field goal and try to play some defense to get the ball back, except you're doing it with Tampa Bay pinned back at their eight-yard line. Exactly. The field or goal... Yeah, took you from down one possession to down one possession. Absolutely right. no sense. Or you get the touchdown, you fail to get the two-point conversion, and you still have the choice because guess what? You still have all three of your timeouts. You could onside and burn your timeouts. You could kick it deep and burn your timeouts. Uh, but at that point, you're only down two, and a field goal sends you to the Super Bowl. All All of those scenarios make more sense than taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands with, with eight yards to go to get to the Super Bowl, potentially. That's why I say forget about the, the bad penalties, and yes, there were some bad flags by the referees. Right. Matt LaFleur kicking the field goal at that point, 205 in the fourth quarter, you're down eight, and you kick a field goal to go down five with two right. minutes left in the game. Thing In doing that, trusting the same defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin, who caught the defense at the end of the first half that allows Scotty Miller to run completely free for a touchdown, that's the guy you're trusting now to get the ball back and give your – that's one of the worst decisions in recent memory. I'm yeah, sorry. And, that's terrible. And you've shown zero ability to get to Brady in that game at all. Just awful. They, they they had no rush. There was no rush on Brady. And any of the times that they even got close to Brady, he would panic and throw picks. He had so many yaha balls. Yeah. 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 Oh, that one. Did I even? I think I even texted you that after he yeah. threw that interception. Yeah. Because that's all I could hear. <laughs> that was. I don't. I'm, I'm watching them like the goat doesn't. Uh, that's not. <laughs> that's not. I'm sorry. That that's not a goat play. Um. You know, we're not going to ever win that argument with the people that are convinced that Tom's the best, the best of all time. We're never going to win still, that argument. I still don't. I, I watch Tom Brady play. And I, I see a guy who's right place, right time. I, I see a guy who's had a made a career out of having great things happen to him. But I don't very, I very rarely ever see a quarterback who makes great things happen. Yeah, when you Does think about, sense? yeah, uh, to me, when you think about guys that keep showing up in finals or, or Super Bowls, however you want to put it, keep showing yeah. up in the championship of this sport. There's right now there's him and there's LeBron James. LeBron James keeps taking 
teams to the finals. Tom Brady mm-hmm. keeps showing up in the finals. In the Super right. Bowl. Tom Brady That's keeps the getting there. <laughs> yes. He's not yeah. carrying teams there. Right. And that's the difference. So, to me. That's why he's yes. to go. So, 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 yes, I, and I agree with you. You and I can be in complete agreement, and I'm sure we can get Tommy lovers who can call up and yes, you can, you can tell me the resume. Never going to convince them. You can tell me the resume, but you'll never convince me that that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game because nope. he, he has he has been present for a lot of great things that he has not made happen. Right. Yeah. You think he's, about he's been of, there. He's been there. He was he was on the sideline when when Malcolm Butler, you know, intercepted that ball, <laughs> right? He was there, you know. Yes, he was in that twenty-eight to three game, but that was the, the, that was you know that was a lot of defense getting them back into that game, um, and that uh, tip ball to Edel, Edelman on that crazy play that was six inches away from getting intercepted twice. <laughs> um. You know, so yeah, I mean, we could talk all day long about all these Super Bowls that he's been in, and, and but yes, Tom Brady is present for a lot of things, and that's great. You can, you can't beat it. You know, it was it the right, was it the perfect marriage with him and Belichick, and they just they 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 had the the right combo, and now he's here. But I didn't watch that game and go that you know that you know I I didn't see the offensive side of the ball getting Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl. No, they were helped by a, a Green Bay coach who looked like a child on the sideline, all wrapped yes. up, and he coached like a child. And that, a defense, that's what got and Tampa a defense, to the Super Bowl. A defense that gave up the booty that they hadn't done like that all year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a weird game for sure. And then there was the horrible officiating on top of all <laughs> On of top that. of that. <laughs> on top of all of that, this Cleet Blakeman, uh, he's becoming notorious for his crews being some of the worst in football. Um, but normally it's for all the ticky-tack stuff they call. And then for that whole game, they're not calling anything. I mean, you've got receivers for the Packers getting their jersey separated from their shoulder pads mm-hmm. on plays, and that's not getting called. You know, and then they call that last one. Of course, that was just sort of the straw that broke the camel's back because it's like, oh, now they're going to call that? Oh, Okay. Got it. But yeah, there was nope. there was quite a few missed calls in that game. No, it was. There absolutely was. Uh, like I said, like I was telling you, the a lot of the comments that I was seeing on social media from Packers fans and from Wisconsin were of the like, we got robbed and this thing was is crooked and Tommy is in the you know the, the league is in Tommy's pocket and they're making sure that Tommy got to the Super Bowl over Aaron Rodgers. I'm like. Well, first of all, I don't think really have a, you know, uh, when you're saying between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who gets there is, you know, is, is it a something that the league really wants one over the other? I don't think there's a preference there. I think that's a pretty big rating number to see Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, I think. Uh, you were telling me that you see that the, there's going to be uh, maybe not I, so big of a number for the Super I Bowl. I think that this is a higher rated Super Bowl if it's Rodgers against Mahomes. Yeah, you might be right because it's, it's not Tommy, and some people are certainly right. sick of Tommy. I, yes, and count me among them. So I, I, like, I don't think there's a. We didn't need it. We don't. We, it's not like he needs resume build. That's why I made the post on Twitter about who's needed more help getting over Tom Brady or Roman Reigns, because <laughs> the analogy there for me is they keep like the leagues or the entertainment source or their employers, the NFL or WWE, keep telling us about their greatness, right? 
you, you tell me how great these people are, but you don't really ever see it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> that's why. That's why I made that uh, like that. That correlates. Like, who's needed more help getting that? That getting over. You know, because I'm still not a Brady guy. I'll never be a Brady guy. I won't. I won't I've... crap. The resume is there. You can't deny that. But I have seen oh. better. You know, I, I, I've I've watched football long enough that I have seen I've seen better play at that position with with longevity in Super Bowls. You know, we always we always joke about the 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 uh, the Patriots with Brady with their over under in Super Bowls. Tom Brady's, uh, you know, well, plus the fact, minus. Yeah, the fact that Tom Brady will have you within a field goal of. He'll he'll keep you in the game just as much as he'll help you win the game in a lot of those Super Bowls that he's played. And he kept the the Packers in this game too. He he <laughs> tried. I mean, he tried. He had that overthrow tip ball, um, over the middle that that Jair Alexander picked off. That that horrible that you called it a Yolo ball. I don't know what that was. <laughs> That wasn't even as that wasn't even the usual Brady. I'm gonna short, you know, I'm gonna short arm it, trying to get the PI call. I don't even know. That looked like he didn't want to get sacked. That looked like high school. Like I don't want to get sacked, and I just like to throw the, you know, somebody throws a thing up there, just like anything but a sack. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and that deserved to get picked. The only thing that went in the 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 Bucks' favor was most of the all those picks were sort of deep in, you know, they ended up being punts. Right, because the Packers were taking over, but they were taking over deep. They were keeping the 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 Bucks off the scoreboard, but they were basically those all three of those picks were effectively punts, and that left the Packers uh, needing to string together plays in order to make those uh, interceptions uh, hurt, and they couldn't right. string anything together because the the once. Rodgers would get any kind of momentum going, then the, the D line would come back in. That was just the, the Packers couldn't hang. The, the offensive line just could not hang. They had the, the big injury uh, to Bakhtiari, and they, they never yep. uh, were able to recover from that. And I, I just I knew it was going to catch them. I just didn't know when. I thought the Rams would take advantage, and they couldn't, but uh, the Buccaneers wound up doing it. Yeah, that's why when the Packers sort of went back to what worked against the Rams – and you know that's what I saw on that drive. I saw you know they were getting the push. They you know they were sort of starting to muscle that game a little bit, like they did against the Rams. And then they it, it was gone. You know we were I was seeing it, but that we don't always necessarily know what they're seeing in game. And you know, and every time you get the ball and it's a new possession, where you have to, I guess you have to prove your geniusness um, instead of hey let's you know that what we did on that last drive seemed to work. Let's try that again. No, I saw the same thing you did, and Tampa rallies up and, and stops Dylan one time during that drive, and from that point it's like, okay, but we can't use Dylan anymore. So much for that, and it's like right, on, which man. is not how you, which is not how you manage the game. No, that'd be like if we talk about Tennessee with Derrick Henry, that'd be like Derrick Henry gets stuffed on, you know, a play for like a one yard gain, and then oh, where he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what that's. <laughs> So really disappointed me about that game is is that they kept stuffing Henry and they had a and you know can't take it away from the Ravens had a great game but once Henry gets that one run where he's breaking a tackle or two and the momentum is starting that's what that's what he did all year is yeah that's when the dam's about to break yeah and he and he started busting you down because you're worn out and you're tired but I I really think Mike Vrabel lost his nerve 
uh, because of all, all that had happened before in that game and, and all the stuffing of Henry that had been done. He just didn't trust Henry. Uh, to, he didn't trust Henry to keep hammering away and, and to, to have success eventually. And he, he kind of panicked in that spot. And I think uh, Fleur panicked a little bit as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would like, I would prefer to have Kansas City uh, win this game. I, I don't, Tampa Bay, they, they don't need to get over. I, I don't, I don't need to see anything else to cement the greatness of Tom Brady. Even if they win this game, you're still not going to convince me that he's the goat. That's why I think it's like, yes, he, it's like we, the league is just going to, they're just going to keep ramming Tom Brady down our throats until everybody just submits and goes, "Oh my God, Tommy, you're the best." I, I don't subscribe uh, to that necessarily. I don't think the league and Tom Brady are best friends. I'm still going back to the flake gate and there, there's some adversarial relationship there. I don't think they're, they're lovers necessarily. I think uh, there's a star factor there that I understand. But when you talk about him versus Rogers, for instance, like I, like I was saying, going back to some of the social media posts, I was seeing that this was a robbery and that they were forcing Brady into the Super Bowl. I don't, think that was the case i don't i don't think no. they would have preferred him over rogers necessarily they, yeah because if that was the case on every single one of those interceptions there would have been a ticky tack defensive <laughs> holding call <laughs> not that we saw that in a super bowl or anything mm. when a team's trying to come back from way down and it seems like on every third down there's a oh, oh, there's holding defensive defense. holding. oh man that really happened three straight times sure did but the Falcons overcame that and then uh, picked them off and, and for pick six, I believe, on that same drive. So no, no, no. The, the, of... the three the three straight uh, defensive holding calls were on the first uh, touchdown drive. Oh. When when they got back to twenty eight to nine because they missed the extra point. Okay. Because basically Atlanta was off the field three straight times on that drive, and all of a sudden, oh, wait, late flag. Yeah, that I remember. Yeah, that was the first touchdown drive that the Bucks had after twenty-eight to three. No, oh. I remember. Trust me. <laughs> I'll, I'll defer to your memory on that. You you definitely uh, have a searing memory of that game. Because then that was the one that made it twenty-eight to nine. Then they had the strip sack on uh, of uh, Ryan that gave him the real short field, and it was just like the floodgates opened up after that point. But it was like that very first touchdown, like. When, when they needed something, they needed points, right? Mm-hmm. You get three straight defensive holding calls on third down. That that I definitely remember. And then just completely forget to call a blatant face mask when a guy gets tackled by his face at the, at, towards the end of that game. But that's not uh, unique to that game. They never seem to catch face masks. Man. That, that, you know, if we talk about my worst rule in sports – you know, the rant that I go on about the, the fumble out of the end zone, I think I'm well on the record about face masking being uh, – not not calling face masks probably being my second most uh, biggest pet peeve <laughs> on this show. And I'm with you on that because it really does seem like they, they – there's something about the positioning of, of the umpires and the referees yeah. that some of those face masks happen when, you know, there's a pile of guys around them and then just nobody seems to be able to see that. But – in cases like that, uh, going back to your, maybe they should just you know review and replay everything. Uh, when it's egregious like that, there should be something where the the booth buzzes down and says, uh, "Guys, he just got tackled really, by his face. <laughs> really blew that because that was that's that's the one that everybody <laughs> conveniently forgets about in that Ram Saints game, which is why I don't subscribe to the whole 
thing, you know, where the guy got you know, with the uh, Nickel Colby, the Roby Coleman, you know, with pass interference thing, because everybody conveniently forgets that on the previous Rams drive, the Rams drive gets stopped short because the dude straight up tackled Jared Goff by his face. This is true. So nobody talks about. It. I heard that what happened. I heard one person on the radio bring that up in all of that aftermath. Um, I believe it was Mike Greenberg. Oh, well, somebody had to have told him that because he doesn't come up with anything original. But I believe that's the only person who I heard on the radio or on TV mention the fact that, like, all you people are compl- – I was the first. You know, I I was on that before it was cool. But I did that <laughs> on our show. I'm Hipster Jay. <laughs> uh, I hope Greeny's uh, intern that saw that uh, got a nice bonus out of that. Um, yeah, come here for all your uh, your – Face mask griping and, and penalty flag news. Uh, we're here for you. That's, that's what we do. And get off our lawn while you're at it. Uh, but the end result yeah. of that game is you end up winning uh, for the season. So, you know, congratulations. We don't it have was to perfect, it was sweat the perfect it out. Win. And, and... It was the perfect win for 2020. <laughs> it was the perfect cap on that season to have that whole season come down to something like that game. Uh, that was that was a weird one, that's for sure. Um, yeah, we, I didn't have to uh, have any uh, sleepless nights for the last two weeks, wondering who I was going to pick and uh, having that pressure on me. I'm, I was very glad to not have that. It was a very restful two weeks. I, I uh, did not get any haircuts from the Kansas City barber, which was a good thing because I was able to avoid uh, catching COVID a second time because apparently he, or you uh, weren't. You weren't coaching for the Chiefs and running people over with your car? If there's one thing we know about Andy Reid is that he will never let the fact that his kids are shitty people interfere with his job. We don't have to worry about that being a distraction at all. (laughs) The moment that game starts tomorrow, Andy Reid is focused on one thing, and that's what's happening on the field. He never lets the fact that his children are shitheads get in the way of his football career. Never have to worry about that. That's good. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl, Super Duper Bowl, 55, 55. How old are we? 55 Super Bowls. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. And then Chicago still celebrating Super Bowl 20. Think about that. 35 years ago now. Whew. Oh, that's a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, we got uh, the 55th one coming up. I, I guess I could do the plugs now, even though we're not uh, really picking any more games anymore. Uh but yeah, this is what the, uh, the the plugs would sound like for the whole season uh, when we do come back next year. And there's information about how you can contact us in there as well. So it's a good listen anyway. So we'll make our actual Super Bowl picks coming up in two minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and look through our archives, or subscribe on iTunes, 
or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail, at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. There's the information to get in contact with us if you want. And we'll be getting ready for our battery of off-season shows after the Super Duper Bowl is over. We come back next week with a recap of the Super Bowl and then... We probably don't get up back on the air after that until, gosh, uh, what comes up after that? Is it the uh, the big dance, March Badness, um, our, our picks for that, which is also – that's going to be crazy too because these games – I don't know if you watched any college basketball at all this year, but they're playing these games, you know, empty courts, empty arenas, no fans uh, or very few fans. Um, some of these teams are taking like two- and three-week sabbaticals because they're having COVID breakouts. So it's just like the college football where some teams right now are up in, you know, into their 20th game of the season and other teams haven't played 10 yet. So it's just very, very odd. So uh, March Madness is always a coin flip anyway, so it'll be even more so this year. So those picks will really be interesting. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be getting ready for all of that after we make our picks for the Super Duper Bowl. You ready? Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The enthusiasm once again jumping through the phone, through the uh, through the microphone, and, and into our podcast. Uh, so it is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's again the first home game ever for a, a Super Bowl team. Tampa, uh, Tommy, Tampa Bay, uh, and the Buccaneers get to be the first team to host a, a Super Bowl. That is uh, that's insane. I just. I knew it would happen one day. I just this is not the uh, the team that I thought would do it. This thrown together and Tommy as a free agent. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Tampa. Why not? What the hell? Uh, teaming up with Bruce Arians and he just rediscovers his, his arm, which he seemed to have lost in New England. And uh, all of a sudden, hey, look at me! I can throw deep, even if it's to the other team. I can throw it deep again. Um, and somehow they make it through uh, as Road Warriors three road victories and storming off to the Super Bowl where they get to play at home, which is kind of odd in itself as well. Everything is odd in, in COVID 2020 and 2021. Um, the Chiefs, uh, see, 14 and two on the regular season and Tampa uh, 11 and five. Kansas City was eight and zero on the road this season. Um, so this shouldn't be a, a surprise coming into Tampa as the favorite. Um, of course, one of those games was in Tampa. Uh, uh, once again, three-point favorites. This line was basically between three, three and a half the entire two weeks. I don't know if you saw anything different anywhere, but I never saw it as anything other than wavering between 
three and three and a half. And at this moment on uh, the free handicapping contest at covers.com, which is where we get our lines, it is once again three. So uh, could be a push, uh, could not. But uh, Kansas City minus three at Tampa Bay. You don't have to wait on me to make a pick and decide. So I'll give you the honors to, to break it down with all your enthusiasm. Jay, who you got? Uh, well, I'm taking the Chiefs. All right, what do okay. you got? All right. No, I'm just, I'm just, no, I, no, I, I still think, I think, I really do, and I've been telegraphing this. I do think that the, that the Chiefs are the, I do think that they're the best team in this game. I think that that's just too much speed. Um, I think Andy Reid. I don't think Andy Reid came up with anything against that Bucks team the first matchup the way he's going to have for them uh, in this game tomorrow. I worry a little bit about the the defense. I definitely worry about the defense of the of the uh, Chiefs. I think that they will keep Tampa Bay in this game more than they probably should. And we might see a lot of empty yards. We might see a lot of Dak time, but that just that quick strike capability and how many different ways, like who, who's that defense going to cover? I mean, even if they're going to get pressure on Mahomes, Mahomes gets that ball. He's got lightning fast release. He's going to get the ball out. I think that they're going to have, hot reads and check downs. I think they're going to be ready. I don't think they're going to run the ball. Or even, I, I remember that Super Bowl when we had the game, Pittsburgh and Green Bay. This is back before the podcast, but we still made our picks live to each other. And I said that I thought that every time that the Packers tried to run the football in that game would be a win for the Steelers. And I kind of have that feeling in this game. I think every time that the, the Chiefs try to set up the run or – no, this is the last game of the year. You you don't have to worry about doing anything other than scoring more points than the other team. And and I don't think that the Chiefs trying to establish the ground game or doing any of that is going to go towards go towards beating Tampa overall. I think they just need to get their 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 speed guys and these skill guys out in space and let them make plays because that's clearly where the the weakness in Tampa's defense is going to be, isn't going to be with the rush in the front. It's going to be in the back. So they need to get the ball in space to Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman and and, and Kelsey on these quick checkdowns. I I think that they're going to be up to the task. I I really do like uh, the Chiefs to win this one straight up. Uh, I'm going 34-21. That's straight up, and that will cover for sure. Yeah. so Demarcus Robinson was a possibility to be a, a COVID scratch. We were we were wondering if COVID would affect the Super Bowl. Um, we had, he had that close contact situation uh, in the in the backup center, but they both got cleared, so everything's all good as far as that go. Keep the team barber away from the Kansas City Chiefs for the love of God, and especially keep them away from Pat Mahomes. Uh, for Tampa Bay, uh, Antonio Brown had time to have that knee injury cleared so he'll be out there to some effect i don't know what but he'll be out there for the uh for the buccaneers uh yeah everyone knows about the uh week 12 meeting between the chiefs and the buccaneers kansas city go to down to tampa bay the score uh the final score is 27 24 not nearly indicative of what the chiefs did to the buccaneers uh cheetah tyreek hill 13 catches for 269 yards and three touchdowns that includes a 203 yard first quarter yeah uh pat mahomes threw for 359 yards in the first half uh, <laughs> kansas city led that one 17 to nothing so everything tampa did pretty much after that was just rally time and and deck time basically so 
the fact that they did come back and, and make it a close game, that does say a little something. You you can't – I think we're both a little afraid, all the all the uh, making fun and ridiculing of, of Tommy and his greatness. I think we're both afraid of the fact that you, it, it, he's unkillable. You, you can't put a stake through his heart no matter what. It just seems like – and, you know, you being a Falcons fan, you would know more than anybody. Uh, you just can't kill the motherfucker. I don't know how what it takes or, or how hard you can try, but – Feels like you can't keep Tommy down, and and you just number no, no matter how much you're up by, you know, no matter how many scores you're leading, uh, seems like there's a chance that he could uh, make the comeback. Um, they were pointing out on the Pro Football Focus podcast that the deep coordinator for the Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, his constant pre-snap coverage shifting around seemed to have an effect early on Tommy, and maybe there'll be a lot more of that as well uh, in this Super Bowl. Um, it seems weird to think that just shifting around and, and coverage has an effect on Tom Brady. He's supposed to be the GOAT, but we've seen him. We've seen him get crazy and nervous when he gets pressure and, and when he sees defenses that he's uh, not familiar with, uh, seems to have that panic switch in him. The, the, yeah, the Yaha balls or the YOLO balls. Uh, so, yeah, the Chiefs uh, can do that. The defense is not – Strong never has been, but you know what? They're better than they used to be for for Kansas City. They used they used to be a lot worse than they are right now. They're, they're not very good now, but they used to be a lot worse. Um, and Honey Badger back there uh, cuts off a lot of those mistakes, so at least they got that going for them. But yeah, that was like a tale of two games in that first matchup. Two different games where the Chiefs are basically winning an entire game in the first quarter, uh, and then Tampa spends the next three quarters uh, trying to play catch up. So, so maybe Tampa already made an adjustment to, to stopping Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey because Tyreek didn't go for, you know, 200 yards every single quarter. You know, they, they shut him down kind of a little after that first quarter. So uh, that may be Kansas City taking their, their foot off the break as well. Uh, but, yeah, you got to be apprehensive if you're the Buccaneers about this game. Not necessarily afraid. I'm not saying that. But you definitely got to go into this if you're the defense for Tampa Bay, no matter how bad, uh, you know, how great they've played in the in the last three weeks to get them to the Super Bowl. That's how bad they played in this first matchup against Kansas City. you got to be apprehensive of a team that can do to them what the Chiefs did to them. Of course, there's no guarantee that KC will do that again, but there's no question if they can do it because they've already done it. You've already seen the greatness of, of, of Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and the and the Kansas City offense. So you know firsthand if you're if you're Tampa Bay more than anybody what what they're capable of. By the way, teams that won a regular season meeting in the Super Bowl, two teams that have that have had a regular season meeting and are coming back and having a rematch in the Super Bowl. Uh, the team that won in the regular season, this is the 14th time that's going to happen tomorrow. In the previous 13, the team that won in the regular season is only 6-7 and seven in the Super Bowl. So I say that just to say don't think that automatically because Kansas City won in the first meeting and dominated that that means anything tomorrow necessarily. Uh, you already said, Jason, it's, it's not going to be the same. They're not going to have the same play calls. They're going to have different strategies. I'm sure Tampa's going to have different strategies for covering and defending. Um, so it, it definitely is, is going to be something where you, you're you not going to see the exact same thing that you saw uh, in week 12. And, and I think uh, both teams know that. It's going to be something different altogether. But you think about the creativity of Andy Reid, uh, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offense, uh, I don't think there's any question they can come in with something much more creative uh, with plays that when they when they 
know the game is, is important, again, go back to that Baltimore game. When, when they're motivated, they can come up with some crazy stuff. There was fear of rain all week for this game, but now that looks like uh, the forecast seems to say that there's going to be rain tomorrow that will look to have stopped by the time the actual game kicks off. So uh, maybe some sogginess uh, going on, but doesn't look like there's going to be actual rain during the game or nothing any uh, not significant anyway. Um, I was laughing at a stat that I heard this week on one of the podcasts that the Tommy the goat uh, in his nine previous Super Bowls has never, ever led any of those teams to a first quarter touchdown drive. You're the greatest quarterback of all time, and you can you have no idea how to get a touchdown for your team in the first quarter of a Super Bowl. That's insane. That's just craziness. That's the GOAT. Uh, that's the best. That's the best QB of all time, right? Um, man, that, that's, that's a lot of pressure on the, the Tampa Bay defense to try to handle – Kansas City, uh, especially if you know your your quarterback's going to come out slow and you might have a goose egg up there uh, at the end of the first quarter, and you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and you're like, oh God, this is what we're we're, we're going with. Um, yeah, I, I like Kansas City as well. Uh, this is the, the the Bulls thing that you were talking about. If this really is the Chicago Bulls, if this really is the team uh, that was just waiting around for the playoffs so that they can come on and do their thing and show everybody how great they are, um, I'm going to need a crazy Pat Mahomes running touchdown, some sort of weaving uh, weird scramble that he breaks containment and gets out there uh, and scores a long touchdown run. And then I need him to, to shrug his shoulders. I need him to give me the shoulder shrug when he gets into the end zone. That was uh, Jordan's second championship. Yeah. Uh, if we remember, that's um, that right. Lighting up the uh, trailblazers for three pointers, and then he turns and says, I, "I don't know. I'm just so great. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm throwing up all these shots, and they're all going in." So, so if they really are the Bulls, the next Bulls, I need something like that. Um, uh, can Tampa Bay just make KC do something other than what they're great at? That's sort of the Bulls analogy too, because you come in to, to those Bulls teams and you go, "Well, okay, we know Jordan's going to just go off. That's nothing we can do about that. We have to." contain everybody else around him uh, because we know we can't do anything about him. Uh, so that's what Tampa has to do. They have to just make Casey do something other than what they're going to come in uh, and try to do. And I don't think they can do it as great as the Tampa defense has been this postseason. I don't think they can come in and make Kansas city do anything other than what they're going to do. I got the chiefs over the Buccaneers. I don't think I got two. Yeah, I do have two possessions, but not quite as big a margin as you. I got it 30 to 18. Wow. Okay. So we we are we 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 are we're allowed to be kumbaya on that one, and I'm glad because <laughs> you I do not want to have to root did <laughs> not want to have to have I did not want to have any reason to sit and watch that game tomorrow, rooting for Tampa Bay. I mean, because you know yeah. I'd be rooting for them to lose by two. <laughs> I I am aware of that. Uh, so who's your X factor for this game? Uh oh, boy, you know I actually. <laughs> I didn't come up <laughs> didn't with even one. bother. <laughs> that's, even, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't even. Nah, I just. I didn't even. Uh, yeah, I. I am totally uh, remiss on that one. I'll let you do yours. I'll come up with one quick. You. You. You go ahead. Okay. My X factor is the big man in the middle of the Buccaneers defensive line, Vita Vea. Uh, he was the number three graded defensive tackle, interior tackle in the NFL uh, before he got that ankle injury week five uh, in in Chicago, um, and Tampa Bay really needs him to contain Pat Mahomes. 
when he gets outside, when Shaq Barrett and JPP chase him, they need somebody in there to, to keep Mahomes in check and keep him from going crazy or else they're in real, real deep trouble. Yeah, I can keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> I'm trying to come up well, with one. <laughs> live show is ending, so oh, no. we have to come up with it in the after show. All right. <laughs> Right into our VIP after show program. You have de- you have deprived the live viewers of your X Factor for the Super Duper Bowl. How, how, I don't how dare they, you? I, I don't think that they, uh, you know, honestly, it's like I got to make the pick because, well, I don't really even have to make the pick because we agree or disagree or disagree. It won't matter. So it's yeah. just it's just it's just pride at that point in in taking care of that. So. Um, no, I, I think it's going to be defense on the Chiefs. I, am, I really do. I think it's going to become, you know, it's got to be somebody getting pressure on Tom Brady. Is it going to be Jones? Is it going to be Frank Clark? Is it going to be somebody has to actually get Tom Brady on the ground? Is it going to be the honey badger being up close to the line, you know, making a play? Because sometimes they'll bring him up. He's not always oh, ball yeah. hawking. You know, is, is he going to be able? Somebody's going to have to do something. To, to, to catch Tom Brady, you know, give him something he hasn't seen or catch him unaware or get a blindside hit on him. Um, so it's not necessarily a, an X factor per se. It's, it's going to be a team effort trying. Cause it's, I, I, you just don't have that. They don't have that one great, they don't have that Aaron Donald type, you know, they don't, right. you don't look at that chief's defense and look at them as a collective unit that, that that's going to put a lot of pressure on a quarterback. It's just not, the way they play the game, but they are going to have to get some pressure on Tom Brady. If they, if they let Tom Brady stand back, they're comfortable. He, he, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll nickel dime you all the way down the field. And, you know, and he, and he has talented weapons as well. There's a lot, you know, so. Yeah. I, I no mean, one's been talking about Mike Evans and uh, no. Godwin and uh, AB and all those guys and Gronk. I mean, if, if we took the if we just took the two quarterbacks in this game and we switched them, uh, the Bucks would win probably fifty-two to ten. <laughs> I mean, because right as if Mahomes had those same weapons that Brady has and that defense, yeah, that would, that would be awful. So that, that's awful what I mean. Example. Yeah, I, I couldn't see Tom Brady with the defense of the Chiefs. Hanging at all with me, and that mm. just tells you more about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and and the fact that I think that they're going to be able to come out and handle their business and and I you know and I do think I mean I like Bruce Arians but Andy Reid is you know he's on a different level yeah for sure you know and, and you right. can have the that's the the thing with the Chiefs is you can have them down what what lead is big enough against them. Um, the Houston Texans would tell you there is no lead big enough, <laughs> right? Or late enough. Ask the Niners in the Super Bowl last yeah. year, mm-hmm. the game that looked like it was over. No lead is big enough or late enough against the Chiefs. You get that crazy bomb where uh, Mahomes just throws it to a spot, and Tyreek Hill runs underneath it, and that changes the whole complexion of that game on a long third down. That's absolutely right. No, no, have, nobody can match that speed. It's contained for one play, 
and you lose the Super Bowl because now the now it's steamrolling, and then they start picking on Richard Sherman, and then, you know, and the whole thing just falls apart for the for the Niners, and then you have Garoppolo with the overthrow um, to Emmanuel Sanders, and and nothing ever nothing ever went right again for the Niners, and that thing fell apart at the what, ten minute mark, I think, you mm-hmm. know, so. I think Tampa could play a flawless game for three and a half quarters and still lose. <laughs> I'm uh, I mean, looking up to. It's got to be perfect to beat these guys. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, look at the only two games they lost all year. The, the, not even two. Look at the one game they legitimately <laughs> right. lost all year, which is that Oakland game, right? The only game they were trying to, to play in. And, and. The, but that was the Raiders game. Well, <laughs> whatever. Where, where right. the hell are they? Raiders game. And the only thing that the Raiders had going for them was they got a lead and they just kept scoring. They just were relentless, touchdown for touchdown, and the Chiefs could never catch up because every time the Chiefs would answer, which they did the whole game, the Raiders had another answer for it. And that's the only way you can beat the Chiefs is if you can literally match them blow for blow. You know, I was looking up the Chiefs. Uh... Uh, depth chart to see who, what unlikely person could come through for some pressure on uh, Tom Brady, and I found him. I think I found your your X factor for you. Um, oh. They've had a rookie DB that's been making plays, uh, not just in the postseason but in the regular season as well, named Legarius Sneed. He keeps showing up on the film. He keeps showing up in the stat sheet, and uh, they're probably going to send him up uh, in Tom Brady's grill a few times. So, so that that should be your X factor. Oh, 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 thank, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, I was that just looking be. because I was. Uh, you you said that somebody has got to come up and get some pressure for KC because they don't have the uh, the Aaron Donald type guy to just dominate. And I was like, okay, I, let me let me go look at this depth chart and see who could possibly uh, make some surprise appearances in the backfield for for Kansas City. So so that's the pick. Okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> Legarius Sneed. That's that, that's the guy. That's the guy you've got your eye on because it doesn't sound like you disagree with me on my take. It's just you you were looking no. at that guy. It, and it like sent off a, a a signal in my brain because I was like, there's somebody that's been back there. Uh, there's some DB on the Chiefs that's been making some plays and, and showing up all year. I just uh, forgot what his name was. He's uh, a rookie uh, safety named Legarius Sneed. He's, he's made some plays. Yeah, because you have basically Chris Jones, seven and a half sacks, Frank Clark, six sacks, and then nobody else on that team had more than three. Yeah. You not, know, not the greatest uh, pressure team uh, in the league. Uh, no. I mean, and so that's that that doesn't bode well, and that's also part of the reason that Tom Brady's able to have all that DAC time. Sure. You know, one of the reasons why he's able to throw for all those yards in the second half of a game is because he's comfortable. Although Tom Brady did throw two picks in that game. Well, because he's comfortable, he he's, he'll throw you the he'll throw you the ball if you're the other team. He's very comfortable right. doing yeah. that too. Well, that's the, the other problem of you know the benefit of playing against a quarterback who is going to be patient and nickel dime. It's just more chances. Well, that's almost a different Brady, though. Like this year under uh, Arians, he's definitely been less of the nickel dime New England guy and more of the yeah guy. And that's <laughs> but that's not it, him. 
It's not, but I don't think they get to the Super Bowl uh, with him being the nickel-dime guy. I think he had to be the Yaha guy. For all the interceptions he's thrown, he's made some huge plays downfield, um, and, and I think that's the only way they would have won these games in the playoffs with him doing that. He, he, he nickel-dimed through the Washington game, but they needed him to do Yaha to beat the, the Saints after Bree started turning it over. They needed to take advantage of those, and he did that. And they definitely needed him to do Yaha against the Packers because Aaron Rodgers was, despite, you know, being sat on multiple times by the defense, he still put up 23 points and, and had a chance uh, down there at the eight yard line to go in for another touchdown. If his coach would have given him a chance. I oh, still don't, I, I still don't understand that. Your boy, Legereus Sneed, the guy who you're watching on, on behalf of me, uh, had two sacks on the season. Yeah, but he, he was all over the field. He kept making plays. He kept he he. he I remember some Chiefs games. He was blitzing, uh, and, yeah. and and getting some pressure. So he might not have gotten there uh, all the time. But but he was he's he is the surprise guy that's going to be in in Brady's face whether he gets him down or not. But uh, he is definitely going to be uh, be there blitzing several times. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I called out uh, Honey Badger as far as maybe coming on a safety blitz or doing something. Uh, he had no sacks on the year, so if he does manage to register a sack in the Super Bowl, it might be his first. And he absolutely has a history of, of sneaking in there and, and getting some pressure as well, so there's no doubt. that I think you'll see both of those guys in the backfield for, for Kansas Yeah, I, I definitely think that Kansas City, their defense is going to have to dial up some stuff that they're not used to. I mean, like you said, they're going to have to give Brady some odd looks, maybe take some chances. Um you know, you can afford to take a few more chances when, you know, it's almost like the opposite analogy is like you can take chances on offense because you know you've got the defense behind you who can back it up. You can take a few more chances if you're Kansas City's defense because you've got Patrick Mahomes behind you. And you can hang with any team in the league. That's absolutely I mean, Patrick, right. Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City offense when they're rolling is they'll go entire games where they don't punt. Yeah. <laughs> It might happen tomorrow. <laughs> it, it was a long – I mean, it was uh, – they went pretty deep into that uh, – they went a long stretch in that Buffalo game not having to ever punt the ball back to the Bills. And that's one. That's a way to win. It, it's easy to win if you just keep scoring. <laughs> Tim McCarver, everybody. It's easy to Thank win. You. You, never, <laughs> you never have to punt the ball to the other team. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, it sounds like you're getting a little more interested. Are you? Are you? Are, gonna, are you so gonna, out of the direction? Are you going to watch it? Or? Yeah, I'm going to watch the game. I'll tell you the one I I didn't watch much of was the uh, KC, not the KC, the the Philly Super Bowl when Philly won. I actually went to bed. Nah. Late in that game, I was just following the updates on my phone. <laughs> I watched enough of that game, but I was like, uh, I'm going to bed. And then I watched you know all what? the recaps and the highlights and everything. That game was exhausting. Like the lack of defense, just back and forth, and yeah, was, you're waiting that, for that someone was, make a play. Jeez. That wasn't football. That was arena ball. That was <laughs> I, bad. I, I don't blame you for going to bed. That was, oh, it was entertaining to me, but yeah, it was draining. It was also like I remember when that game was over, I was exhausted. Like I played the damn game. Like just someone make a play. It was, I was excited because Philly defense finally made the play to win the thing, and and. Made, yep. made my prediction come through as uh, five-point underdogs. So I was happy about that. But, God, just uh, not – and, you know, just the same uh, exhausting was the uh, the Patriots' win over the Rams. 
that was exhausting for the opposite direction. Like someone make a play on the offense, anybody. Oh, that it game was so might, might be the worst Super Bowl <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, I always go back to that Pittsburgh Seattle Super Bowl because of the yeah. fact that game was rigged. Um, <laughs> but that New England LA Rams one was that that was a hard watch. Very. At least it flew by. I'll never remember a Super Bowl going by quicker. <laughs> yeah, uh, they had to force those commercial breaks in there because uh, that clock was running pretty fast. Um, I'm, I'm a, as a Bears fan, I'm about to get very exhausted if the uh, rumors uh, oh, come true that, that at the start of the show because your boy Carson Wentz is being rumored. God, I'm going to the Bears. Any hot take on that? Yeah, uh, let me dial that up right quick. Hang on. Taking yourself you knew, out. You knew exactly what I was going for, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you were upset about the fact that they were bringing the whole band back, and now I'm seeing all this stuff blowing up on, on Twitter tonight, and Twitter explodes. Um <laughs> that Carson Wentz was like the number one trending thing on there seems to be linked to the bears. That's what I'm reading. See the bears, and the Colts that are going to make the, the, they're, they're, been, they're being plotted against each other. So obviously the uh, forces that be in Philly are trying to drive the price up uh, publicly. Um, I, how do you decide that that guy as bad as he played all year, is what you need to turn your franchise around. How do you figure that? That's what I don't understand. It's what about what was it about his play in the past year that made you think, yeah, that that's the here's the thing. If you have if you really do have the offensive guru that can turn a player around, right? Then you make this deal because you say, My guy, it's like the White Sox with Don Cooper all those years. Whatever your pitching woes is, we'll take them and Coop will turn them around. And most of the time he did. Um, what about Matt Nagy? Matt Nagy is not Don Cooper. If he had the ability to turn people around, he would have done it with fucking Trubisky. And he didn't. Right. He did in four games against four terrible defenses. That doesn't count. Um, this is just more – this is not, it's not bringing the whole band back together, but it's basically – reinforcing uh, confidence in, in Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy and uh, basically saying the whole brain trust is because you don't bring in a project like that. Now Wince is the project. You don't bring in someone like that unless you really do think I've got the horses here to, to, yeah. t- to turn them around and teach them how to play NFL football again. Uh, and you don't. That's the problem. Is you, you the, the Bears' brain trust hasn't admitted that they don't have the guys uh, that can do that. Because if they did, then Trubisky wouldn't have looked as lost as he did. And Nick Foles got put in there and didn't look any better. Uh, and, and anybody basically that they put in would have looked the same. Uh, that that's my problem with this. Just it just reinforces that they think these are the guys, uh, coaching wise, that can do something like that. And and they they can't. They just can't. I don't remember watching that Bears-Saints playoff game and going, you know, the Bears just had Carson Wentz right now. They'd be in this game. The sad thing was is they were in that game, and they never felt like they were in that game. Yeah, the the, the Saints had all their issues and 
Uh, yeah, we're we're kind of struggling through. Was balling <laughs> that whole game, which should have been our indicator with Breeze, you know, how much they struggled even with the Bears. I mean, the reason, the only reason that the Saints beat the Bears was because the Bears' offense was completely inept. Yeah, I'm sure I was uh, had my blinders on as far as how bad Breeze was looking, but I was kind of figuring, hey, it was that, that first, that trio, uh, Breeze and, and Kamara and Michael Thomas, that was their first game together in weeks. And I figured they just needed to get the rust off and they'd be better the, the next week. And again, right. they came out in the second half against Tampa and, and had a touchdown drive and took the lead and looked like they were about to, to go on and, and win that game uh, before Breeze just completely fell apart. Right, what we didn't know is that Drew Brees was the victory auto records car. Exactly. You what, know. 864-2000, was that the number? Man, they give you cash on the spot. That's all I know. <laughs> and Drew Brees uh, just restructured his contract uh, to give them some cash on the spot because it looks like he's uh, laying the groundwork for retirement, which he should. I mean, if that's really what he played through this last year, and there's there's no shame, um, you know, he, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. So now breaking his contract down like that, that means Breeze is the one left on the side of the road holding a dollar bill in his hand, right? He's the guy. That's right. He's the guy sitting there with the twenty with all the ones shoved in behind it. <laughs> that's his new contract right now. Yeah, and, they'll, 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 the and they'll they'll probably print him up something from Kinko's and thank him for <laughs> thank him for his time of service, like they did lifetime achievement the, award. Uh, yeah. Man, we broke the title record. Wherever it was, they gave they stopped the game to give them that little that that, that printed out shell. Oh, man, now we'll see how much the league loves Tommy because Tommy will now once again break that record next year when he comes back right. because he's obviously so are they never going to stop retire. the game and give him a thing from Kinko's every time, right? Or or are they going to actually give him like a plaque or a trophy or something actual that actually looks like something of value? Which doesn't it's not doesn't even have to be a value. A plaque costs what uh, you know three dollars to, to to manufacture. Yeah, probably a trophy costs four or five dollars. That's not much, but it's better than that little sheet of paper you printed out from your printer right before you went went down on the field. That was so pathetic. Yeah, that that, that I'm wondering if, if somehow I'll remember someday ever to put that piece of paper in the hall of infamy. Like I want that <laughs> I want that printout from Kinko's on display yeah. in the hall of infamy. And where is that in Drew Brees' house right now is, is what I'd also want to know. Does he actually have that, like, prominently displayed somewhere, or did he, like, throw it in the trash <laughs> when he got home? Or gave it to his son. Here, play with that kid. Well, I was I was actually thinking about it. I don't know how you would feel about it, because we already have a baseball hall of infamy, and we have a uh, the football one. And I was, I was thinking that we could do something, like, because we have, we have so much time during the, you know, the – non-sequitur time of the year for the show that we could come up with. I was thinking about having like the catch-all wing of the Hall of Infamy for everything else, like all the other <laughs> sports. Because there's so many other like weird little references and things that we talk about and just things that deserve to be in something like that we do um, that we would just have like like the catch-all wing of the, of the Hall of Infamy, which is a reference to the show Hoarders. I don't know if you've ever watched Hoarders, but I have not. People, people don't have a hoarding problem. They just have a catch-all. Oh. Right, or they're collectors. <laughs> I'm not a hoarder. Uh, I'm a collector. It's, not my, it's not my hoard. It's my catch-all. <laughs> I like that. I'm looking around my junky-ass room with all my papers oh, and okay. things. It's, just, it's my catch-all room. Yeah. I like that. 
So I was thinking, you know, um, we just do something where we just could like alternate back and forth. Um, you know, and we don't even have to make it like a big thing where it's five every year. We just do like three or something like that. We're just like, you know, what? There's things from around the other sports. And, you know, I would keep it to sports. I don't want to get into other, you know, like life in general, like everything. But there's so many things for other sports that we've referenced or we talk about that we could, you know, we, we have we have our two wings of the big hall of infamy. We have the baseball wing. We, you know, we could have that little room in the back, <laughs> <laughs> a little potpourri room. Catch all potpourri. Catch all. Yeah, that, that's the old Jeopardy category. Potpourri. Uh, yeah, we, we remember we had a. We did a non sequitur show one time that we we titled that. We were going to just talk about we were the potpourri show. Mm hmm. Uh, you're just looking for an excuse to put Eli Fordner in some sort of hall of infamy. That's all you're doing. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you are. You, you can't fool me. You might be in though. Now that you mentioned that. Uh huh. <laughs> you just made up guys. Well, that means I have to put Ramon Baez in the uh, baseball <laughs> hall of infamy. The and, guy was. You even traded for him. Yeah, well, you, you don't see guys whose speed rating is like 99. I mean, that's just 99, insane. Yeah. The Cardinals farm system, I remember that. <laughs> and Ichiro Reed. You got to put him in, too. And Ichiro Reed, yeah. But <laughs> Ramon Baez, number one. I remember I, I didn't trade much for him, and, yeah, he was by uh, – God, he had like 100 and some steals. <laughs> I mean, he'd he'd slap the ball. I'd slap the ball towards third base, beat the throw, yeah. steal second, steal third. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Especially when I was playing. Uh, remember the game I had against uh, Wakefield in the World Series? Oh my God! I had like fourteen steals in that game. <laughs> I won it. No, it was so hard to the knuckleball in MVP. I won that game like two to one. I'd get the guys on, and I'd get to second, I'd get to third, and I'd get all the steals, but you couldn't get guys home because then you're trying to hit that dang knuckleball. Yep. I won that game yep. two to one with 14 steals in that game. Dude, that, that, yeah, that could be a wing of uh, crazy, uh, crazy video game stats because I would have to find a way to induct video Tyson Chandler into the Hall of Infamy because I made him an MVP in NBA Live because the average, oh, like, and 19 your, points, 10 rebounds, and seven and a half blocks. Yeah, and, and all the crazy, all of our weird uh, video game like uh, <laughs> nicknames that we would give it. We still use them on the real players, which is funny. <laughs> which is sad because yeah. all these guys are eventually going to be retired, or they're going to be retiring soon, or they're ineffective. You know, like press. Like, like we, 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 you know, it, it, it makes no sense why we call Miguel Cabrera press, except for the fact that you traded for him to be on the White Sox in your video game, and you tried too hard with him. Tried to hit a 450-foot home run every time he came up. It was, you know, and I remember, you know, and I'm watching you play, and I'm like, you're pressing. It's, you you, you got to play natural. And then we just started calling him Prince. Come on, Prince. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm sitting there on the couch. You're sitting in your chair playing your game. I'm sitting there eating my uh, my nachos or whatever we, you know, <laughs> from uh, TBK I'm Taco Burrito King. Oh man, oh, yep, I haven't thought about TBK in a while, man. Some TV, eating some Taco Burrito King, the hole in the wall place, but man, that's, they, that's they so did it right. 
I'd be sitting there doing my Hawk Harrelson in person. Come on, Chris. <laughs> and then I'd put my basketball game in, and you'd bring out your Eli Fortner jersey. Smart. Oh, that was uh, – yeah. <laughs> I'd always bring him in, and I'd always joke that he was the spark. It's the spark off the bench because you'd be down, and you'd bring in your B team. And I'm like, oh, man, you're bringing in the spark off the bench, and all of a sudden – there's Othella Harrington draining 14-foot jumpers. He, they had his uh, shooting rating up pretty high in that game for, for being my 12th man. I would bring him in. He'd shoot that left-handed jumper, and things seemed like it went in every time. Spark. Only <laughs> down four, you get your A-team back in the game. <laughs> oh, God. That is all, the, all, the, all the memories. Video game memories. Uh, so so since that's your idea and your baby, I'll let you come up with all the logistics when you want to oh, do the I'll induction during the off season and yeah, we do it sometime during non sequitur, which we're almost in. You know, we summer we get the summer doldrums and come up with a little fun show or something like that. Doesn't even have to be a big deal. We just can you know maybe induct a few people every year into our the catch all wing of the Hall of Infamy. So there you go. The Hall of Infamy seems to be expanding. Breaking news. Yeah. Because the Hall of Infamy is just so much damn fun. <laughs> How much weird, random stuff that we find in researching and, and looking up things for the Hall of Infamy. You know, we get the father-son uh, a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Father-son crime family. I mean, we got all kinds of fun stuff with the, <laughs> the Hall of Infamy. You know, my other my other favorite video game memory was like your fascination and, and disdain every time I'd jack a home run with a lefty. Because I couldn't do it, I could not swing. I could not use that joystick on PlayStation with with the left-handed batter. I couldn't do it. You got Corey Patterson hitting forty bombs. Oh, every time I'd hit a jack with a lefty, all of a sudden you'd be sitting there, and I'd see that head, your head would poke around from your computer desk. And be like, <laughs> it didn't matter what lefty I had on my actual roster. That guy wasn't producing for me at all. Just wasn't like my lineup was basically uh, nine right-handers after a while because I couldn't hit with lefties. I would have loved to have balance. I couldn't use any lefties. That was like such a cheater lineup that I had, like Carlos Beltran, and <laughs> it was just crazy the rape trades that you could pull off. And oh wait, can I say that? Uh, just did. I, I still think the worst. Uh, well, I would say it. The worst rape trade of all time was uh, a six-round pick for Antoine Randall L. That probably is the worst because it inspired me to pick him up on my Madden team, and he, and he produced like hell for me. I telling you that I did that, and then you were yeah. like, "Yeah, I did it." And then he's got like punt return touchdowns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. There's no no reason why you should be. Tra- That's all I used him as was a kick and punt returner. Uh, my old Madden team, I made a league MVP out of Jim Miller. Uh. <laughs> and then the, uh, then an MVP out of his made-up backup, the great Baron Armstrong. 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 <laughs> you remember his name, too. <laughs> I don't remember. I'd call you up. I'd be like, oh, yeah, how's the old Baron Armstrong doing? <laughs> oh, he's balling. <laughs> 5,000 yards. I've got the new Madden. I've invested very little time in it but I do own it because it was on sale pretty dirt cheap in the holidays because I think I'm like the only person on the planet who has a PlayStation 5 Ah. I forgot I 
don't know how. I mean, I was, they had the pre-sales for them back in September, and I was at work, and it wasn't busy. And I was like, oh, available. I was, you know, I was on my Target thing, and I just jumped into my Target app, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, got one and paid for it. It was like, no big deal, right? Everybody's going to get one. Now, <laughs> nope. No, apparently not. So, yeah, it's like the only, I'm the only person I know that has one. Apparently, they're going to manufacture 50 of them worldwide and then make demand oh. go crazy. I saw that they were going for $2,000 on eBay oh. right when they first launched. And my wife's like, why are we keeping this? <laughs> and they're like, I didn't buy it to, to do that. I'm not that guy. I can't do that. I, I'm not I'm not these scalpers, you know, who just buy all the inventory out and then just turn around and sell all this. No, I, I bought it because I wanted it. Ah, but your wife, the capitalist, is like, um, we can turn, yeah. we can get another one with the money that we turned this for. Yeah. But no, I, but I've been, but I, but I finally downloaded like the next gen version of Madden, and it's okay. I mean, it's Madden. You know, the, the, the it's gotten pretty stale because there's no competition for it anymore. Right. You know, which was, yeah. I thought, Madden's best efforts were when you had NFL 2K pushing them. Right. And they got they got so sick of NFL 2K because NFL 2K5 is still the best football game of all time. Um, <laughs> still to this day, I have a PlayStation 2 that works in my basement. I could go down there and play it right now because I still love that game. And uh, that's probably the football game I've invested the most time in ever. And I've invested a lot of time playing, uh, you know, Madden and, and, and video game football and Tech Mobile and all that. But yeah, I. I would, I would do whole seasons of NFL 2K5, but that game was just, it's still good. And uh, the new band, it's okay. I mean, it's obviously it's glossy and it's got a lot of, you know, a lot of, got a lot of polish on it, but some of the gameplay stuff, you go, Ooh, what was that animation? How did that happen? Weird physics yeah, stuff every once in a while. That's what I read about Madden reviews over the years is that no, no one's ever really impressed by by any new Madden. Like they've all just been like they're, they're okay, but there's it's always throwing back to the older Maddens and then how much better they were. And I'm like that that's so weird because the technology advancing every year like this, you would think every Madden that comes out should just blow everybody away. Oh wow, look at what they did in this year, but it, it, they, they don't do that. It's crazy because all of my best Madden memories are from Madden 02. <laughs> which I believe was the version that I had when I told you about the trade for Randall L. Oh, it wasn't even uh, the one that I had, which is 03. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that might have been Madden 02. I remember uh, my the team I played as in that one was um, Houston. So I think Houston had just come into the league, right? Right. Houston the Texans, Texans, the originals. Originals, and they were terrible in that game. And I always like <laughs> yes, they were. Over, I, I over really bad teams because then I feel like I'm doing something. You know, when I had NFL 2K5, I was the Browns. They were atrocious. also terrible. Terrible. And I traded for Drew Brees, and that was when Drew Brees was not Drew Brees. Ah. Actually, Drew Brees? was the Chargers Drew Brees. I think he was coming off the injury, and I plucked him away. And then he was always my quarterback on that Cleveland Browns team um, that I was so – that ended up, you know, turning into something. But I remember at Houston Texans, I was like the first season I played as them, I was like 7-9, and nine, which is not fun going 7-9 and nine when you're playing Madden, right? It's just not fun. And, and then I remember that, you know, I was terrible, and I had, I had an okay draft pick, and I drafted a quarterback, and he was pretty good. 
And then for some weird reason, the Rams had cut Marshall Falk that offseason. Yeah, remember, remember, remember you telling me about that. I had a rookie running back and Marshall Falk, who both ran for 2,000 yards each. <laughs> This, this this rookie quarterback who I, I mean I was throwing the ball nine times a game. Didn't have to. Be, right, because I had these two running backs. I had Marshall Falk and this other kid whose speed was like ninety eight. But <laughs> he was like he'd fumble all the time. Uh, so I always like run these like counter plays with him and then just run twenty yards to the sideline. Caught <laughs> a bounce. It worked. It worked. <laughs> It's third and twelve. I'm running. I'm running counter plays and getting this kid to the sideline as fast as I can. Because if he, if the wind blew, he'd fumble. <laughs> but that, those were my best memories playing Madden. Was putting together, you know, like making taking terrible teams and making them good. So I'm thinking if I, I'm going to start up like I should start up a season as the Jets, you know, <laughs> and just take over the Jets franchise and. You know, it, it just because I, I like the adversity of playing with a really terrible team, and they're probably the worst team in Madden. You got to figure. Probably, uh, they were the Bengals. Oh. Yeah, but at least they have Joe Burrow. And what else? Uh, oh, they got Gio Bernard in the porn stash. <laughs> Yeah, there's not much else there. Um, that'd, that'd be a pretty bad team. Stash in the league, <laughs> but I gave that away already this early in the season. So, so the running out of bounds, so the running out of bounds to avoid a fumble. That reminds me of another video game memory of um, Bulls had a foreign uh, small forward, or an actual guy, not a video made up guy named Andres Nocioni. But on the video game, I had to trade him as soon as, as, as I possibly could because he never held on to the ball if you cross over dribbled with him. Fumbled it every single time. Every oh, single time. I've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, I, I, I use crossover dribbles a lot because that's the only way you can shake open with a lot of these defenders. And every time he crossed over, he turned it over. And I'm like, okay, you have to go. Because I can't, I can't do this. I can't have a guy on my team that I can't possibly cross over dribble with. So that was – I've never seen it. It was almost like a bug in, in his particular – you know, you got guys that have low handle, of course, but I've never seen anything like that where you cannot possibly cross over dribble with him. It, it was and crazy. He was the Michael Ruffin of a video game. <laughs> when Michael, Michael Ruffin was on the Bulls, every time the ball touched his hands, it was a turnover. <laughs> think you were going to get a Michael Ruffin reference on the show tonight. And that'd be another member of the, of the catch-all uh, wing, possibly. Just the human turnover machine, Michael Ruffin. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Definitely did not think I was getting a Michael Ruffin uh, flashback tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah he, was, he was bad. Yeah, so it's, it's some good video, some, some good video game memories, but yeah, so it's like, uh, like I don't know if you've ever played. You have a PS4, but I don't know if you've ever played any of these uh, NBA, the new NBA 2K games. No. Gorgeous, right? They are right. They, they are simply gorgeous. The gameplay is amazing. They're too damn hard. Hmm. I mean, you got to do so many things 
You know, it's like you have too much control and you got to use like, I, I don't need to play a basketball game where I need to hit nine buttons. <laughs> I want to pass. I want to shoot. <laughs> right? And, and I want to drive a, and dunk. Maybe have a little speed burst or something. Yeah. I don't need to be doing Mortal Kombat moves. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, oh, I got to do, you know, I got to Triangle, triangle, circle, circle, triangle, yeah. X. I don't need to cross over, you know, the, the shimmy shake, and I, I don't, I don't need all that stuff. In a, but they have it all in these games now. But they're, and they're just, like I said, they're breathtakingly gorgeous. But too hard. Yeah, I hate to say it, buddy. Uh, we're old. That, that's for I the know. kids. The kids love those those combos. MLB the show games. Mm-hmm. I played real baseball. Like, I'm trying to hit, like, real 100-mile. <laughs> that game's intense. Yeah, that's the only game where I've ever practiced. Like, I've actually gone into the practice mode to try to, like, okay, that's a curveball, and that's, you know, that's a slide. Oh, man. And then if you don't, if you put the controller down and you don't play it for a week, you can't hit anymore. You're out of practice. Yeah. So... We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. That's what the, the, the Madden was when, uh, when, you, when you gave me the... Catch all. The, oh, yeah. yeah legendary. Uh, when you gave me the PS4 with the Madden, that's, I had to go in there and, and practice those because it wasn't the it wasn't that it's, it was necessarily way more complicated than the other Maddens. It was more complicated, but it was also that they changed some things, like the things that you hit to to do the speed burst wasn't the same buttons anymore. And it's like, oh it shit! Anymore, it was a trigger. Yeah, so yeah, that you, I did definitely had to go into the training camp for that thing and and try to practice that, and then it it was so frustrating I gave up. <laughs> like, I, I can't. Are you talking about the super secret turbo button? <laughs> yeah, the one that you knew where it was, and I somehow did not. I don't know why. Okay, I'm gonna tell you a secret. I didn't okay. have a super secret turbo button. I had Mike Vick. <laughs> He was his own super secret turbo button. I, I understand that. Code in Madden, if you didn't know, <laughs> that was back when we were playing. I was Mike Vick and those Atlanta Falcon teams. And I had Michael Vick and Warwick Dunn, and you had nothing for either <laughs> one of those guys. No answers, none at all. No, I I remember that, but it was you. Were, you would play other games with other guys who weren't Vic and other team. And I still seemed like you were running away from, I think you just had a, a greater sense of timing than I did using that button. You would use it right at the perfect time when I was approaching you and you would just speed away from me. Whereas I was getting the ball I was, you know, I would hand it off and start hitting the, the turbo button immediately uh, yeah, because I didn't have any sense of timing of it. Yeah. I was, Right. Every play, I was trying to uh, speed through the hole before it closed. That, that was my problem. Right. You make a guy miss, then you then yeah. you use the turbo, or then you hit the speed boost, you know, or if you catch the ball in stride, hit the button quick so you get that little bit of separation. Um, yeah, it was, there was right. a timing element, but it's even harder now doing it, too. Oh, I'm sure. Because yeah. the turbo, you have, like, fatigue. 
Yes, I, I definitely remember that off of the practice. Uh, turbo, 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 turbo. Your guy gets yes. tired eventually. And I was like, come on, what's going on? Yeah, I, I definitely remember that. If you had to like reserve and wait to, to use your turbo button when you got some, some open fields, otherwise you'd use it and then the guy wouldn't have anything left and he'd get tapped. He goes from green to red and, and he's getting right. subbed out. Or like, this bullshit, man. He gets hurt. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I, if I'd have played a season with it, I might have found that out too, but I didn't. I, like I said, I got frustrated and put it down uh, eventually. But yeah, they're, they're different. The, the games are much more complicated, and I'm pretty sure that's because the kids that come along need more of a challenge. The, the, you know, the younger generations, everyone that comes along is a little uh, easier to, uh, or a little need a little more difficult challenge because think about the games that were, that we were playing when we were kids, you know, with the Sega Genesis and all that, and you got three buttons and yeah, Yeah. that's not going to do it for these. You had NES, you had two. (laughs) The A and B. So yeah, yeah, today's kids obviously need a lot, lot more challenge than that. So my kids, to give you an idea, my kids are little gamers. They're growing up with PS4, PS5, right? They're growing up with this stuff. Mm-hmm. My, my son, he's six. You know, he's got these little hands, and he sits there and he does some things in these games. It's like, oh wow, mm-hmm. like, they're pretty good at this stuff. I mean, and you know, I when I'm thinking about, I didn't even have NES. I didn't even have original Nintendo until I was ten. Yeah, have you uh, uh, your phone? Your daughter doesn't have a phone yet. Kids, she has, have... she has one of our old phones, but it doesn't make yeah. phone calls. So she has a, an old iPhone of ours. Okay, does have she, does she text on it? No, uh, we don't let her okay. do any of that. She she can she has like Messenger, like Facebook Messenger for kids, so she yeah. can like video call her friends and family, but it's all monitored, you know. My point was, kids around that age, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Have you seen them texting? Their yeah, phones go yeah. so fat; they just. So it's the same thing with the video games. That every generation that comes along needs a little more of a challenge because it's so easy. I can't. I, I will never be able to text as fast as these kids can because they came up with it. This is what they know. Whereas I'm an old man, and I just finally got my first phone like what, twelve years ago. Yeah. Um, so, they, but these kids, oh my God, if you've ever seen a, a kid texting, it's like, right. Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to text and I got like the fat fingers. So I'm always hitting the yeah. wrong button. I got yeah. to back up, back up, back up. You go through yeah. it. Like, oh, man, I swear I'm hitting that letter and it's not working. Back up, back up, back up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're old. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, we're people old. listen to the show or listen to this once we get the once they get the podcast version of this. They're like, man, these guys are these guys, <laughs> these guys are really old. These guys are like the get off my lawn guys. We're ancient, we admit it. We're talking about Madden O two and <laughs> you know MVP and baseball two thousand five. Was it two thousand five? Yeah, that's uh, some I. Uh, MVP was let's see the Madden was 03 the NBA okay, and was, MVP 05, was 05 and the okay. uh, and the MVP was I think 04 okay but they were all in that sort of that generation that PS2 mm-hmm. you know like 
mid-generation, good, great, really good game titles. Hey, yeah, you were you were an NBA Live guy, right? Yeah, um, they they all came around the same time of that uh, of that time in my life when I uh, went through that terrible breakup with right. uh, with the heartbreaker and yep. decided I need to do something else with my life to stop thinking about that. And so that's when I took up those games and started playing in in franchise mode. And that's when EA was like. EA as far as sports mm-hmm. titles, even like PGA Tour Golf. I mean, I remember playing, I remember playing the hell out of PGA Tour Golf on my Sega Genesis. I had millions of dollars in winnings <laughs> in that game. I mean, I'd be shooting, I'd be finishing, uh, I'd be finishing uh, tournaments like twenty-two under par. You know, but man, that was my game. That was when I could actually sit down and play video game golf and enjoy it. Yeah, uh, Rory used to be my best friend back then. Uh, brought it over to my house and then left it there um, and played it. But I, I basically took it over and played it. Um, so I'm very familiar with that game too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tore up Sawgrass, baby. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> and you had the horse racing game too, right? Yeah, well, yeah, there were two of them. Uh, they're called Gallop Racer. Um, God, oh my God, I haven't thought about Gallop Racer in forever. Um, it was basically franchise mode for horse racing, if you can believe it or not. So they would take like the the, the circuit of, of horse races. They would have the three-year-old derby. They wouldn't call it the Kentucky Derby or whatnot, the Breeders' Cup, but they would call it, you know, something similar. So you had your stable of horses, and if you know you bought a three-year-old, and uh, you could put it into the, the the race for the top three-year-olds. This is what the Kentucky Derby is, and then there are other uh, stakes races for that. Um, and then your horse got to a certain age, like six, seven years old, uh, after you know playing these seasons. Um, and you could take whatever horses have sort of aged out, and you could, if they were good enough, you could actually choose to uh, hold on to it. It wouldn't be able to, it wouldn't be eligible to race anymore. But then you would, if you had a filly, you could hold on to it and wait till you got a a, a, a male horse that got old enough and, and graded out. And then you could make them and create a new horse out of those two. And it was, it, it would go on and on forever. If you wanted to uh, hold, have a stable that big, uh, I think the maximum size was maybe seven or eight horses that you could have. But, you know, if you kept it going right, then you could time it up where, you know, the same horse, you know, a filly and a, and a, yeah. and a stud uh, went to, you know, to retirement at the same year. You could just, pair them up and make a new kid and the, the, the it would be a two-year-old horse for the next season and he'd oh, race in the two-year-old races and it would just and go if that, on like if that. that made by rockstar the people making grand theft auto you'd have been able to play that scene out too <laughs> oh the uh mating scene <laughs> is that what they did i never actually got into the grand they're theft auto there i don't remember which Grand Theft Auto game. I think it was Vice City. They actually had where there was it was like it wasn't in the official code of the game, but you could get into it. But they had it coded into the game where you could actually like play the sex scene in the game. Wow. <laughs> I think it was put in by the developers, probably for themselves or as a joke. But of course, you put that in a game, people are going to yeah. find it. They're going right. to find that. code found that and it was like there was like a mod or something and you could do it and oh yeah yeah that got them a bit. yeah so that they didn't make that horse game uh, yeah you, you did not see the actual mating thank goodness 
Galabraser. Where else are you going to go to listen to breakdowns yeah. of Galabraser? Michael Ruffin and Galabraser <laughs> all in the same show. That is Kings of Non Sequitur, folks, if, if there ever was one. And that's uh, what the off season is like for us. That, yes, that's it. That, that's it. That's uh, shows where we just don't know what we're going to talk about and we just start talking. And next thing you know, we're getting into. <laughs> Othella Harrington and, and Clutch and yes. bringing down oh, video clutch. games. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, you didn't have a Clutch, it's Spark. Oh. <laughs> clutch did, uh, some, something else? Is baseball still on? I, I, I can't really pin down whether they're starting on time or not. I have no idea. I've been waiting for like official news. Is there going to be like a DH again this year or not? And I haven't. It's it's February eighth. It feels like we don't know the uh, it was February sixth. Pitchers, pitchers and catchers be reporting in oh, about a week. Yeah, around Valentine's Day, right? And do in we February. do we know the rules of of the of the season yet, or we still? Uh, I think they're no. still hashing them out. I, know, I don't still, know. I'm still. Emails going back and forth about um, you know my fantasy league you know for Chicago that's pretty sad because you can't really you know it's it, it, it's not quite the same if it's not in person but people are still right, probably not going to meet up again this year right right you're kind of putting forth the the you can feel that there's effort but you don't feel like every, it, it everyone's all in you know I think that there's something missing mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, that's sad. Hopefully that doesn't end up going by the wayside thanks to COVID. Yeah, but if it did, it wouldn't be surprising because COVID has wrecked a whole, whole, whole lot of things. Right. That's not a, you know, I'm not saying anything negative here, but a lot of the people in that league are old. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are old. <laughs> so. No, I, I understand. Yeah, number one. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be putting anybody at risk, least of all yourself. I mean, and you know, how would I? I don't know how I'd feel driving down to Chicago for something like that, and and being in a room with you know a bunch of people. And mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't want no. you know, God forbid, somebody is sick in that and, and something happens. You know, that would be that would be worst case. So I'm hoping they can figure out a way of doing it through. Um. You know, They'll probably have it on Zoom. Yeah, I don't know if you do a Zoom auction, or do you get a you know do you do you get one of the websites that does drafts? Then we sort of because you can do auctions in these, um, on these sites on most of them. Right. You know, it's not as personable. It's not people calling things out. It's people making bids. But you can still go on and do auctions and set your parameters. And, and do that in a Yahoo or an MLB or a CBS Sports uh, app, you know, or online and do it that way too. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with or if they're going to try to actually do a Zoom auction. But if you've got lag, how does that That's work? That's what I was about to say. I think they – no one's asking me, but I think they would have to set something up online with one of those auctions other, uh, as opposed to a Zoom lag or as opposed to a Zoom draft. Uh, because exactly what you were saying, I was about to say, if you got something where someone's trying to bid and they did Internet. it a second earlier, but right. they didn't, it didn't get picked up because of something, uh, because of their connection. 
right. yeah, that, that doesn't seem like that's going to work out well. Yeah, I mean, I'd almost say, okay, have Zoom open so that everybody can, like, talk and participate and do some of those things, but actually have the auction itself happening in a more self-contained space. But again, you and I know that. I don't know if everybody who's in this league, you know, knows what the technology is capable of doing. Yeah, but I, I think they're sharp guys. They'll yeah. be brought along by the elders that, that do catch on quicker. Right. And, and, and But again, I think there's still that desire to have it be in person. You know, you want it as close to that experience, yeah. I think, as you can get. Because there is nothing like it. You and I have been through it many times. There's nothing like that, right? That is a unique experience. Um, I come up every year to, to experience it. Right, because it's it, it's a blast. Right. But I mean, it, gotta, it really is the greatest day in sports. I mean, it's it's tense. It's fun. You know, it, 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 it keeps I mean, it really it's five to seven hours. And you're exhausted when it's over. Exhausted, sweaty. Uh, it, can, it can be intense. And then but, yeah, it's a load of fun. But yeah. you got to put it out of your mind until 2022. There's no way things the way things right. are going is going to yeah, happen this year. I don't anticipate that I'm going to be driving down, which is sad because this year it would have been perfect because that's that the, the that draft would have been on that Saturday, the day before Easter, which would have been the uh, end of my kids' spring break week. So I'm already taking that week, all that whole week off. It would have been perfect. We were going to go down, uh-huh. and do vacation, and then we were going to stop in Chicago for a few nights. Cause my kids love my kids love Chicago. They're my kids, right? They should love Chicago. You know, for all of its faults, I still love it. Yeah, but they're born in Wisconsin. How can they love Chicago? Come on. Because they've been there with me. <laughs> you know, I've been they've been down there with me a few times. You know, my daughter went down uh, for the trade fest one year just with me. We made it like, you know, me and Cute Factor drove down to Chicago for the trade fest. Uh, that was the year we won a few years ago. Yeah. And I wasn't making any trades, and I was just like, hey, why don't you come out with Trin? She went down there with me, and she ate cookies, and she had fun. Yeah. We won. Yeah, it would have been a good year for me to come up since the uh, cruise got uh, canceled. I, I got that week of vacation open, so I oh, could have went up there for one? that. Yeah, we were gonna do uh, well the same one that we were that we that I sent you the info on that Alaska yeah. cruise. When was uh-huh. that gonna be? It was going to be around your anniversary. It was going to be perfect for you guys to, yeah, it was going to be a perfect timing for that. Um, but, yeah, uh, Canada just announced that there's no oh. cruises at all coming yeah. uh, into their country from America. They're, that's uh, not even until, not even the end of the year. To, like yeah. All the way to 2022, they banned that. So, Man, so this is the big one. This is 10 for me and yep. for you this year, right? Both of us. For, for me in October, yeah. Oh, yeah, but we both got married in the same year. We sure did. So, yeah, that's our 10-year coming up. We don't know what we're going to do. You don't know what you can do. Exactly. How how can you plan what you're going to do? Yeah. I mean, we always we talk about still wanting to, to come down there and, and, you know, down your way one of these. one of the, But we don't know when. Yeah, not anytime soon. You know, Wisconsin, yeah. Tennessee, uh, it's, both of us still, uh, still got issues. Yeah, well, Wisconsin's actually a lot better now. Uh, we had been really bad, and now like we're actually starting to get back down. Like we're at the, you know, we we we're sort of way off peak. 
thank God. But there's still, you know, the numbers are still. But I think today was the first, uh, like the lowest number of new cases we've had since September today. Wow. So at least that's that's a some. You got to have some positives, right? You can't all be negative all the time. Uh, I mean, Tennessee improved after Christmas, like everyone else, but. Uh, believe me, it's still not great down here. Uh, just as an example of that, there's like three or four people uh, on night shift at my job that are out with it. So, oh man, yeah. So it's it's still uh, still a problem. Well, I think we're fighting. Uh, we're up against the sniper, huh? Yep, looks like it. So yeah, I didn't expect us to fill the whole hour of uh, of after show. Yeah, we... You didn't expect it, but you're not surprised, are you? Not at all. <laughs> Neither should anyone else who's <laughs> listened to us. We usually so. do two hours to begin with. So let's do it two hours with the after show. We're, we're, it's a discount show tonight. That's right. Yeah, um, the, the, the party extended two hours anyway, as it turned out. Recap. When do you want to recap? Tuesday. That's fine. Uh, any any time next week. I don't I don't have any plans. Uh, <laughs> I'm Tuesday, going anywhere. Tuesday is easy for me because that's right. That's the middle of my quote unquote weekend. Um, wow. But now that I mean, I get off work at seven now, so I could I mean, Monday night. I could I could do any night. I could even do Monday night if you wanted to. But um, we don't have to. Tuesday is is probably better for me because I'm off Wednesday. So let it settle in, right? So you're off Wednesday. I'm off Wednesday. So Tuesday it is. Tuesday nine p.m. We'll be recapping Super Bowl what fifty five. Fifty five. That's right. How do you not have Super Bowl LV in Las Vegas? That's what I want to know. Uh, that would have made too much sense. Yeah, they're not on brand there. A little more clever. They had a little more clever commissioner. A little more clever. They they would have figured that out, but nope. Uh we'll we'll, we'll enjoy it anyway. At least I will. Uh, you'll you'll be sort of hate watching it sounds no, like, but I'll be hate watching. Yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and a bit of a newsworthy uh, after show where we. Get the germ of an idea for a new wing of the Hall of Infamy, so you'll be uh, getting to work on that. Yeah, that hit me today. Yeah, have a catch-all wing. So something to look forward to in our off-season. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back uh, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central, to recap this Super Bowl, and then from there, uh, as I was saying, our off-season schedule gets started. The Oscars show is really going to be crazy because of there's going to be so many movies that are like available to watch in your home because no one's going to theaters anymore. So I think theoretically we could all watch all the movies with with Dave the movie expert. I don't think we will, but uh, but at least he won't have to go out and and go far to do that. So that's good for him. Uh, But yeah, our, our next show, the recapping of the Super Bowl coming up Tuesday and so, everybody, enjoy the big game tomorrow, Super Duper Bowl 55. The Chiefs and the Buccaneers, will Tommy get yet another ring, or will Patrick Mahomes continue to cement his legacy? And I'm looking forward to if they can actually do that, the, the Chiefs. If they are the next Chicago Bulls in the next dynasty, uh, I'm interested in that. I, I love it when teams are that great that they can dominate over uh, everybody else that actually uh, it, uh, entertains me when the when the cream rises to the top so to speak and the best uh, can be the best and, and prove it every time they take the field to me that that's greatness that's why I watch sports personally that that's how I feel all right he is Jay I am Dre this has been in much less detail the podcast everybody enjoy the big game tomorrow the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers in Tampa's home stadium 
We will talk to you and recap the Super Bowl Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central. Hope to hear, hope to see you then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.